What's going on and welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek Player Recap Edition. Yes, we told you we were going away, but not for that long. Each and every day here, and we'll take some breaks in between. Jim Eikenhofer and I, and potentially some special guests, will go over most of the players for the New Orleans Pelicans and recap their season as we already put a bow on the season last week with our radio crew. And now it's time to put a bow on the player recaps as we do each in every year this week we'll start with the starting five every single day one of the starting five will be our discussion for the player recap next week we'll have three different player recap podcasts and then the week after we'll have three as we kind of take a break with the nba draft lottery again more on that in just a little bit my partner in crime as always is jim i can offer from pelicans.com but jim the good news about these player recaps is with how this team was this year we talked about it last week on the recap podcast. So many good things that these should be a lot of fun discussions we have over the next three weeks. Yeah, the tone right now during the offseason, I think, is really great. I think people are really excited about the way that last season ended. And even more so, um, it's been rare, I think, that we're sitting here in May. And at least I'll speak for myself already kind of thinking in the back of my mind. Can't wait for next season to get started. So. Like you said, there were so many great stories, I mean, across the board. I've started making my way through the writing aspect of the season reviews, and I find, I've found it to be very easy and very – it has not been difficult at all to try to find the good stories. So that's something that I'm sure that we're going to cover over the next few weeks. Absolutely. So we're going to start, as I mentioned, with the starting five. We have to start with, I would say, the Pelicans' leader, and that is Brandon Ingram, who has been here for the last three seasons, six overall making his playoff debut with the Pelicans this season in a 4-2 season uh, playoff series loss to the Phoenix Suns. Before we get into some of the individual aspects of Brandon Ingram, I'm going to do this with every podcast with you and kind of let you give me a kind of 30,000 feet up what you thought of each player. So what were your thoughts on how Brandon Ingram injured for 25 of the 82 regular season games, but still very impactful on the court, and we'll also get to his impact off the court as well. Yeah, I think he made another step in his progress as a player. I think this was when, when he was on the court, this was probably the best he's played as far as all around his versatility. Um, if you just look at the performance of the team, I mean, this is the best I think that they've ever looked. Obviously they had to do a lot to get into the playoffs after starting the season with a record that they had, but I mean, they were 10 and two after the all-star break in the games that are eight and two after in the games that Ingram played, um, and then if you add the play-in tournament wins, I mean, they had quite a nice stretch where he was on the court. So individually, great year for Ingram. Obviously, hope, hopefully he'll be able to be on the court more next season than the 55 games that he played. But team-wise, I mean, it goes without saying that this was the best that New Orleans has done since he's been here. And I think that is really the biggest takeaway from his season. Let's talk about off the court, what you were able to gather as far as his ability to lead, because I think with Anthony Davis's departure, he was obviously in that trade. And so Brandon Ingram at that time, 22 years old, that's a lot for a guy to come from a team like the Los Angeles Lakers and come in and maybe have the pressure of, all right, I got to be the leader of this squad when you're only 22 years old. So how has he evolved to be that guy? And what stood out to you about that the leadership qualities that he was able to bring to this team, which is also still fairly young? Yeah, I think a lot of his leadership is by example. He's definitely not a guy that talks a lot, but I think the fact that he's not extremely vocal 
in some ways makes people respect him even more that he doesn't have to be somebody who comes in and tells people what to do all the time or, you know, doesn't do things on the court, but is talking about it all the time. Um, I know there's a saying of be about it instead of talking about it, which I think he kind of exemplifies. I think you saw a lot throughout the season of how popular he is among the other guys on the team, among his teammates in for example, um, the, during the exit interviews the day after they, the season ended against Phoenix, you saw Jose Alvarado and Najee Marshall come in in Brandon Ingram jerseys. So, I mean, that's just shows how much respect that they have. There's a lot of what I would term to be fans of Brandon Ingram, and I mean that in the best way possible in terms of everybody here wants to see him do well. I mean, just the way that he carries himself and just the kind of person that he is, I feel like everyone was excited to see him make the all-star team a couple of years ago, but even more so this year to see him get into the playoffs for the first time. And even somebody who's only been here for a few months and CJ McCollum, I remember that was one of the things that CJ mentioned multiple times throughout, um, you know, the spring in terms of, man, I want to see Brandon Ingram make the playoffs. And then when he did get in with the play in victory against Clippers, he was CJ said, I'm excited that he's going to be able to get to perform on this stage. And then when Brandon did as well as he did against Phoenix, it was another um, stage where people are like, you know, I'm glad that he got to perform as well as he did and he got to be in the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, there's just a lot of support for him in terms of people just want to see him be successful. I think you could say that for a lot of the players on this team. But with him, people have seen what he's been able to do over the six years of his career, and they're really happy to see him do well. Another example, I mentioned Jose and Najee wearing Brandon Ingram jerseys. When Josh Hart was traded and he showed back up at the arena, he was wearing for that game, he was wearing a Brandon Ingram jersey. So, I mean, I, th I think that's pretty cool. And it says a lot about the way that the other players on the team view Brandon Ingram right now. And going to CJ McCollum, do you feel like that was maybe not the tipping point for him, but as far as the biggest factor of where you saw the growth in BI's leadership? Because as soon as CJ came in, look, with B.I. being the main guy, it's easy for one star to be like, all right, this is still my team, C.J. You just came in here. We're going to still go by, you know, kind of how I've been able to lead our team or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was the exact opposite for Brandon Ingram. It was how can I work with C.J.? How can C.J. work with me? How can we work with Willie Green to effectively make both players so impactful for this team? And I feel like that was a huge sign of the growth we've seen from him off the court as far as, okay, he wants it to be his team as far as he wants to be that guy, that leader, but he's also not afraid to let someone else join the party and be a leader as well. I think that was kind of what stuck out to me about B.I. Yeah, and I think C.J. set the tone for their relationship by when C.J. came in and people were asking him, you know, you could have gone to a bunch of different places in the NBA. Why did you want to come to the Pelicans? And C.J. immediately said, have you seen B.I. lately in terms of, um, just showing the respect that McCollum had for Brandon's game and just what, not only what Brandon has accomplished so far in the NBA, but just his potential. And people see that there's so much more that he can do and that, you know, it's kind of limitless. When, when you see the shooting ability, the size he has, the playmaking, I mean, across the board, people know that, you know, even though he's been in the league for six years, who knows what he's going to be five years from now. So, I think those guys really seem to have a good relationship as far as I don't think really that anyone's too worried about, you know, whose team is it? Is it my team? Is it your team? I think they both see each other as 
a way that they can both accomplish what they want to achieve in the NBA, which this season was a first step towards that. But I mean, long-term, I think you're looking at, this is a team that's going to want to be in the playoffs every year and also advance further and further and, and get to the point where you're respected as one of the best teams in the league. With more playoff appearances, the more recognition you could get uh, as a member of this team. And I feel like in the playoffs, you started seeing the national media people from around the league and players talking about what Brandon Ingram was able to do in those six games against the Phoenix Suns. At the same time, we've known what B.I. is capable of and what he's done for the last three years. So as far as Brandon Ingram appreciation go, does it really matter what the national media thinks about this? Or is it more of a, hey, we know what he's capable of. Let's just, let's us enjoy it. Sure. And then if everyone wants to hop on the Brandon Ingram bandwagon, like they might hop on the Pelicans bandwagon, let's do it. I mean, does it matter? I would say yes and no. I mean, you're right in terms of as long as we know locally and regionally what he's capable of and we have the appreciation for him, it doesn't necessarily matter what the national media thinks or what people that don't really watch the team very much, as we've discussed over the years, what what their opinion is. But I, I say it matters only from the standpoint of it was nice to see. It was it was cool to see the, the re- appreciation and the respect that people had and to hear people on ESPN say, you know, this guy is a better player than I realized. And this guy has the potential to be really good. And, and folding into that, just the team overall is better than what I thought they were going to be when people got to watch him play in the playoffs against Phoenix. So, I mean, to me, I, I look at part of the, the recognition that he gets as he was an all-star in 2020. It was a great moment for him. I think a lot of people were really happy for him around here, as I mentioned, in terms of the, the, the love and respect that his teammates have for him. But I think making the playoffs maybe was 10 times more impactful in terms of overall people realizing what kind of player he was. I think partly because um, the season that he made the all-star, his first all-star appearance, his only all-star appearance so far, um, there were more people that watched probably, just to use one maybe exaggerated example, there's probably more people that watched game four of the Pelicans playoff series than watched that entire season maybe in terms of um, Brandon Ingram's play, especially before Zion made his debut that season. So um, we see what what a playoff appearance can do in terms of just the audience that you have. And I think that's more important to me. There's been seasons where New Orleans has had a, an all-star starter, maybe even two all-star starters, but didn't make the playoffs in that season. And um, ultimately, it's great to see individual accomplishments, but um, – in terms of every player, and I know this is not a new thing, everyone says this all the time, um, that if the team does well, then everyone is going to get what they want individually. And I think that's very true with Brandon Ingram in terms of what we saw this season. So let's go to Twitter because you've been posting some poll questions about each player as we get closer to providing the recap for them as far as this podcast is concerned. So last week you started tweeting about Brandon Ingram, see Jim McCollum. And so you can follow Jim on Twitter at Jim underscore Eichenhofer, where he begins these polls. So for Brandon Ingram's favorite aspect of his season, if you want to read off the choices and kind of what were the results after your sure. poll. And, and I mean, along the lines of what we talked about, um, the decisive winner of the poll was uh, of what their people's favorite aspect of the season for Ingram was making his first playoff trip, which was 62%. National recognition that he got was 30%. And then his career high average of 5.6 assists was 8%. So 
I mean, people overwhelmingly were happy to see him make the postseason for the first time and get the respect that he um, deserves for how great of a player he was. I'll read off a couple of the responses. Um, uh, C. Mort 23 tweeted, it was nice for the rest of the world to realize that he's a star. And I think that was definitely something that we saw um, during the playoffs. And then from uh, at Kibner, K-I-B-N-E-R, he tweeted, not forcing things as much on offense in crunch time, which I think is a development that is partly from the way that the team played and from gaining trust in some of the other players. I think it's something that over time and next season, we're going to see this even more with, with Brandon and CJ um, as the other players get more experience. And I think in some ways the experience that some of the younger players are getting might even be more important than some of the production or the skill development, just to get to the point where um, you, you trust some of the other guys to come through in big situations. I thought CJ was very aggressive in some games and in some instances because he knew I'm the veteran here. I'm the the one that they need to rely on and lean on to get the job done, especially I think in the play in against the Spurs where he had 27 points in the right. first half. So for both of those guys, I think we're going to see a process where um, they get more and more um, confident in the ability of the other guys on the team to say, if I have two guys on me or it's a situation where we really needed a basket, I can move the ball and I can get, you know, Herb and Jonas and some of the other guys can come through. And I think we'll see that as the team gets more experience and just gets better, more effective that you'll see. But Brandon did a great job this year to me in, in terms of his passing and some of the, uh, as I said, he had career high in assists this year. So um, that's something that I think we'll, we'll watch as we go forward for New Orleans to become a better um, and more efficient offensive team. Which one of those would you have chosen? I think I would have picked um, playoff, the playoff appearance as Me well, too. just because um, I just feel like I'm so much more locked into team accomplishments at this point than I am individual stuff. Um, the, but like I said, the the individual accolades that he got was was great to see, and we're very happy for him. Yeah, I think the playoffs were the big thing. More for I guess it kind of goes hand in hand. The national media attention, as I mentioned, comes from the playoff appearance. But every single person that got their first playoff experience got a taste of what it was like, a taste of facing the number one team in the NBA, the taste of beating them two times in a best of seven series, the taste of being in almost every single game playing against the best in the NBA. All those things do wonders and hopefully will do wonders for a team that is just scratching the surface. So I think especially for your 60-year guy that's 24 years old, experiencing that how much is that going to motivate not just him but everyone else like we got to get back here and we're going to get back here without playing in the play and we want to get back here being a top six yeah at what point can we get there where our goal is to be home court in the first round like that's the kind of stuff that first playoff series can get you and it goes back to a point that we've discussed a lot and we discussed on our post game show and i'm not going to go down this rabbit hole when people say what's the point of being the eight seed wouldn't you rather just be in the lottery and we've talked about it the difference in the percentage of lottery of being 14, 15, and you know, making the playoffs is not that much. Mm-hmm. And two, if you're trying to build a championship team, getting to the playoffs is goal number one. And so the Suns got the taste of it in the bubble. And I know some people believe in the comparison of the bubble Suns and us. John DeShazer told me to pump the brakes on that, which is understandable <laughs> as well. But those are the kind of things for a guy like Devin yeah. Booker. That was his first test of a playoff run 
that was a test for a lot of these guys that were making their debuts for the Suns. And all they needed was a veteran and Chris Paul able to get them over the hump. Well, that's another discussion as far as what the Pelicans need to get to that next step. But I think getting those guys in there, especially B.I., your leader, to have that taste in the playoff, I think was the most important thing for him to do. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a combination of the the game experience that you got. I mean, even game six, which was a loss. I mean, that was a great experience to be have your season come down to the end. I mean, the Pelicans were up, I think, a point with two minutes left in the game, and it comes down to just a few possessions. I think that part of it is huge, like you said, in terms of just being able to go through that and the test of every other day you're playing against the best team in the league. And, I mean, honestly, the Pelicans fared very well. They almost got it to Game 7 in the first round, even though that was something that no one really predicted was was possible. But I also think that there's some... There probably is some motivation if you think about it from Brandon Ingram's perspective. You've been here for three years. You've gone through all of the ups and downs. And, I mean, I've, honestly, there's been a lot of downs and things that negative things that have happened in adversity and things that were out of people's control. Um, but you get to the playoffs for the first time and you see the way the arena is in the Smoothie King Center. And to me, I would want to be back, get back to that as soon as possible, be able to experience that atmosphere. And I know he said, um, I think – the right after the game six, he said, you know, I can't, I'm already thinking about getting back in the gym and getting to work out, even though, you know, honestly, we know we're going to need to take some time and people need a, a, maybe a couple weeks off to recover. But it seems like he was already kind of shifting into that mindset of let's get next season started. Yeah. And I feel like that's the way that a lot of us feel right now, as far as how optimistic we are for next fall. We're optimistic for next fall. We're optimistic for Brandon Ingram, and we're optimistic about our next player that we are recapping tomorrow, and that is C.J. McCollum. So, yes, C.J. McCollum on the docket for tomorrow. Again, we'll go through the whole starting five this week with Herbert Jones, Jonas Valanciunas, and Jackson Hayes as well. So this was Brandon Ingram. I hope you all enjoy this. Again, the written work can be viewed on pelicans.com and the mobile app. The podcast can be listened wherever you get your podcasts, as we mentioned before. And then Aaron Summers will have a video recap for you as well on pelicans.com. So three different aspects of our player recaps, and it starts with Jim's article. So start with that base, then listen, and then watch, or whatever order. But Jim's basis of these player recaps are kind of why we do this every single year. Jim, I appreciate it. We'll talk to CJ McCollum tomorrow. Sounds good. All right, for Jim, I'm Daniel Salerson. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.